1: Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. shopify.com slash work. This is the Improv Chronicle podcast. I'm Lloydie. In the past couple of episodes, you've heard from people who've moved their improv online using video conferencing platform Zoom. And that's been the main focus of the online improv coverage we've given so far. But what about podcasts? Unlike Zoom, improv in podcast form was here before COVID-19 led to the doors shutting on improv theatres and performance spaces. Given the medium already existed as a home for improv, what's it got to offer now? We start with the podcast we mentioned last time, Destination, The Improvised Journey.
3: Hello, I'm Katie Shute um, and I am a co-maker of Destination Podcast and I live in London with Tony Harris.
0: Hi, I'm Tony Harris. I am co-co-maker, creator of Destination with Katie Shute and I live in London. Destination
1: returned just a few weeks ago as a podcast after an absence of a few years.
0: We always intended to to bring it back and it's easy to say that but yeah. there's always other projects that you've got on and I mean one has and we always intended to bring it back at some point uh, certainly for a, like a, a final goodbye if nothing else but I think for me it's been quite liberating because we can't go anywhere and I just think the idea of Destination is that you see people on their journeys to a location and it's it's just seemed quite fitting that we could actually go to places now i'm uh, also with, with only,
3: i'm also only thinking of this now but actually the nature of destination is that it's one person alone in a car oh, and yeah. their, their communication with anyone else is you know over the phone pretty much so it's interesting i wonder if on some level you know there's something that's connected with lockdown just in the nature of what we set up in the framing of this show, so this is the first time that's occurred to me. So I don't know if there's any any of that under the surface, but
0: yeah, I'd also be lying if from a from a techie geeky bod uh, perspective that I didn't look at destination and think, hey, this one this one will work the best remotely because of the technical limitations of it, and because we've got experience doing it, and and we have people that we do it with, and it's worth experimenting with, and it's worth going and having a try with it and it's kind of worked quite well so how did
1: destination come
0: about originally
3: years ago probably like six years ago something like that uh we tried a few different improv formats with a, a group of friends and we were discussing it this morning it's interesting actually because the ones that we thought would hit and be really good were were quite complex and actually didn't sound as good and weren't as fun to do. And then destination was almost like an afterthought form. And we were like, oh let's just try this and see if it works. And we loved doing it and it sounded really good. So then we ended up doing that for, you know, we've done more than 70 episodes at this point. Yeah. So it's it's been really fun to do. And we can have people guest in it without too much. You know, it's not that hard to understand how it rolls. And we also have our regular team who, who pop in and, and play different roles in it every time.
0: Yeah, it's very easy to slot people in and explain how it works and just get on. As soon as you've got like a, a little bit of knowledge about um, how we play together, then there's no backstory. There's nothing to to worry about. It's quite freeing, isn't it? Mm. Um, and we've managed to do it on stage a few times as well, which has been ideal. It's weird how it translated from an audio piece straight back into a stage show with with very little um or sort of problem or friction.
1: There's one improviser who can be heard on a wide variety of podcasts from Comedy Bang Bang and Improv for Humans through to his own, such as High and Mighty and Action Boys.
2: Hey, it's me, podcaster and podcast guest extraordinaire, John Gabris, coming at you from the West Coast of the United States of America.
1: So how good do you think podcasting is for improv?
2: Uh, am I, it might be what saves it. Now yeah. that like uh, now that we're experiencing the stay at home and the lack of live shows and um, who knows how this will continue to play out, I don't think people are going to be dying to cram into a comedy theater right after this, or, or quite literally will be dying to cram into a, a comedy theater after all this. So, Lord knows what uh, entails. So, thankfully, podcasts still exist so that people can get their improv fix from around, globally from people from wherever they're doing it which is just so exciting to me which is pretty much what appealed me to podcasting in the first place i love improv because i'm lazy and i like the idea that it's gone after the fact that you don't let's not take a second pass at it let's just put this up now let's get the hell out of here podcasts kind of walks the line where you get to do that but also unfortunately it lives on the internet in perpetuity Um, So there's like a little bit of like a a danger element to it, too, like like improv, which I've always liked.
1: Apple and Spotify now both carry over one million podcasts and the number of new podcasts being added to both platforms is hitting new highs each month. Is there something about the fact that podcasts were already growing, coupled with the fact that people are now having to stay in their homes that is creating some kind of perfect storm?
4: Hello, my name's Kate Cocker and I run a company called The Presenter Coach. And at The Presenter Coach, I help people to speak in public and tell their stories. And I also create podcasts and lots of them. And I also organise a podcast conference called Pods Up North, which is a yearly conference based in Manchester.
1: So why is now a good time to be podcasting?
4: Now is a good time to be podcasting logistically. Logistically. I think logistically, you've got a lot of people at home. So if you want to be getting hold of good guests or interviews or great actors or improvisers that you haven't been able to get hold of in the past, this is the time to do it because they've got time on their hands. And if you can make sure that you can do it remotely, then you are in a really good place in terms of the technology and all of that getting great recordings. I've been working with, um, a couple of different remote recording sites and getting some really great quality audio. So logistically, it's great. It's good to launch a podcast now because people are now listening. So podcasting, I would say, is usually something that people would listen to on the way to work or on the way home from work. And up until about three weeks ago, I was still having conversations with people explaining what podcasts are. Whereas now in this isolation time, people want stuff to entertain them. They're hungry for things like box sets. I'm sure the conversations that you're having with your friends are much more oriented around what shall I watch next? What shall I listen to next? And that means it's a good recommendation, Petri dish, if you like, where podcasts are getting talked about a lot more and recommended to people a lot more and people are putting in the time to find them. So there are two reasons why it's great to podcast now or start a podcast now one people are looking for things to listen to and two people are easy to get onto the podcast because they're sat at home doing nothing
1: so the time could well be now but then there's always zoom as well so what are the pros and cons of both john gabrus
2: i feel like the benefit of these zoom shows i think is the sort of uh, active choice to watch them like whereas podcasts are very much a passive medium Like you're just listening to this podcast. You know what I mean? Like uh, you might be driving while you do it or um, er doing errands or, you know, exercising while you listen to a podcast. Probably not. Can't say the same for like watching a Zoom comedy.
1: Do you think being an improviser gave you a head start as a podcaster?
2: Oh, 100 percent. It feels like the natural progression. And I just I happen to move from New York to LA, both big comedy scenes, but podcasting, I moved here in like 2012 and podcasting wasn't that big in New York yet. You know, it was like, a, people didn't really, a, many people didn't have like, oh, I launched my own little podcast. The podcasts you we knew about were like this American life and comedy bang, bang. But I would always listen to them. I'd be like, oh, this is great. This is just conversation, which is pretty much what I, you know, I'm, I think I'm even funnier. I'm not that great at like, comedy as much as i am good at like being funny at parties so like to i feel like podcast improv was that a little bit where it was just like go out there be your personality uh react naturally be funny like that made it easy but then i also had other elements in my career like i did guy code and other talking head shows that were about being yourself but uh having opinions about things and being funny <laughs> I didn't realize it at the time that I was just building up like a podcast uh, bag of tricks because podcasting for me now is right in my wheelhouse. You can guess that by if you search John Gabrus podcast, like I've guessed it on so many.
1: Kate Cocker agrees with Gabrus's point that podcast listening is a more passive thing than watching a screen.
4: So podcasting for me is the thing that you do while you're doing something else. It's very difficult to put the telly on and then start loading the dishwasher and clanging around with all the pots and pans. It's very difficult to go for a walk and watch television at the same time. I think that audio just gives you that opportunity to go and do something else and listen. So for example, I have started listening to an audiobook while I row for 20 minutes every morning on our, our rower that we've got at home. It's a good way to, to connect with an audience because they can listen to you while they're doing something else. It's also, audio is a really interesting medium. For some reason, you create that one-to-one relationship. It's I think because you go directly into someone's ears and into their brain, you know, it's a a one to one experience. They're often listening on headphones, whereas, you know, I'm watching movies with the kids and the family in the evening. That's, And that's a whole different experience. So in terms of audio giving you something more than video personal experience i think that intimate experience and also the ability to crack on and get some jobs done at the same time
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
4: welcome to destination
3: the improvised journey
4: we can create a richer
3: more professional world in an audio space Mm. than we can with the equipment and environments available to us for filming stuff because the the best radio stuff in the world, like, you, you know, you're a kind of beautiful NPR sounding stuff, is we can do that. I mean, obviously, there's a level of expertise and you do need good equipment. But I think that's easier to achieve um, for a podcaster than it is, you know, you can't comparatively make something that's like a top glossy Netflix show as a as an improv show unless you have a whole bunch of money and a lot of sponsorship and time and space to make that.
0: But we're just going back to radio drama, aren't we, really? And, right. and, and I think that's where we, we sort of started before Destination. We were doing sort of long-form, almost radio dramas. Um, and although that kind of worked fine, it, it, it's not until you get a, a definite kind of format in there where you can go, okay, I, I don't have to worry about creating too much. Um, that it starts to work properly and more, more, more effectively. We did quite a lot of scene stuff that didn't really work, even though we were uh, evoking whole planets and, and spaceships and things. It was just—it um, was kind of hard work from an improv perspective. But destination seems to be quite easy. Maybe that's just because we've done so many. Uh, no, no, I'm not. yeah, right. Gotta got go, gotta go. Oh, right. Acting right. classes is
1: paying that. off, yeah. uh, Have a good one. Right. Bye. Bye.
3: Hello, it's Susan again. I just, I'm trying, I'm trying to catch up with you. Just, just thought, why not? I could just meet you there. I'm, I keep asking you for bike time, and really, I'm not putting the effort in, you know, to see the trams.
1: Susan, are you trying to cycle there faster than I'm driving? Yes. Yes, I um, am. My God, I love you. Oh,
3: gravity's helping at the moment, but it won't on the other side. In a lot of online improv, there's that weird thing of we are just looking at boxes on a screen. So it's hard to create this otherworldly thing. Um, Whereas I think destination is like nearly all the time we're in a car, if not some other vehicle, which is explained very explicitly at the beginning. So it's easy for people to picture it, I think. So whatever destination we have, they're like, I can imagine someone in a car and that doesn't. That doesn't take too much. Even if it's pretty wacky, um, they, they still have this whole world uh, laid out to them in a particular way that I think is pretty accessible.
0: Mm, I'd agree with that. I think the one, the one time we, we recorded this live um, by phone and, with, and we had someone actually in a car driving to a place, uh, we actually filmed that one. And you know what, watching that is all fine because it's the fantastic um, Dave Waller and he's just fascinating to watch anyway. But it wasn't essential. Him being on screen didn't necessarily lift it by a a substantial amount. Um, It was a fun experiment, though. Gabrus
1: does a bunch of improv and talking head style podcasts, and he's found his improv training has served him well at doing both.
2: Um, well, for me, uh, the improv bag tricks I have is uh, I'm a good listener, so I am paying attention on these podcasts. Uh, I'm uh, yes and, you know, yes and so I'm playing along, whatever the dumb conceit of your stupid podcast is, I'm game to play along. Uh, I don't have, I'm not going to be like, no, I can't choose six movies that I would fuck if they were dressed as my mother or whatever, you know, whatever the insane premise uh, these podcasts have these days. Um I I like the lack of work that comes with them, which is my improv bag of my comfort in doing minimal effort. And then uh, a lot of my when I and Lloydy, you might be able to speak to this though. I don't. I haven't taught. I haven't taught improv in like six years, and I definitely haven't really done it like steadily for a while. But back when I was doing it, some of my favorite parts of improv and some of the most important parts I always believed was truth and comedy react strongly, um, have strong, opi- your characters should have strong opinions and strong POVs on things. That's how I just think you discover comedy, but I am I'm, uh, I'm very forthcoming. I'm not cagey. I'm game to play with whatever the premise is. Uh, I can speak like at length on a number of different topics. I can, I can, I have a bunch of strong opinions or can easily fabricate them for the sake of A, the scene, or B, the podcast. So it's all the shit that I know that makes for entertainment, entertaining live shows or entertaining talking head shows. I just bring that energy into a podcast. And, uh, I mean, I'm not a great actor, but I'm very good at being myself. I'm very comfortable as myself, which is often the uh, premise of the podcast is come on as yourself. Sometimes it's a character. But when you come on – as yourself, that's what feels like improv. Where it's like, all right, it's just me, me and you, the me and Lloydie. We're doing a podcast. All right, let's be funny, let's be forthcoming, let's be truthful, let's yes and, and we'll definitely find some shit.
1: Yeah, I, I can tell you in six years, that uh, that's very much still what's being taught. We should actually also mention you were my one-on-one teacher, like over ten years ago.
2: <laughs> yes, that's so, that is how we met. Right? It would have yeah. been like I would. It would have been late. Aughts right? 09, (laughs) 2010. Oh, you would know better. When did you take that class? That was
1: level one intensive? It was level one intensive, and I think it was January 2010. Yeah. Jesus
2: Christ, dude. Well, congrats (laughs) for sticking with it for this
1: long. Thanks for inducting me into the cult, man. I mean, I've taken more levels than I care to imagine. and I think uh, you've taken more levels than me, brother. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're thinking of starting a podcast of any format, Kate has some pretty great advice that will ring true to most improvisers.
4: Don't be afraid, I think is number one. It's important to be aware of the type of audience that you want. It's important to know what points you want to make. It's important to have a really good setup and an out to your podcast. But fundamentally, in all my experience of setting up podcasts, you record three before you really know what you're about. So don't be afraid to start. Don't be afraid to be rubbish. It's classic improv rules. I think this, isn't it? Don't be (laughs) afraid to make the mistakes, get it recorded and learn. And then you'll find that you're there really quickly. You know, there's a great saying, isn't there, that you don't have to get it right. You just have to get it done. And I think that applies to podcasting and learn and grow as you go. Cause you'll, you'll, um, you'll be glad you planted that tree now rather than waiting for six months and wishing you had. Because anyone can podcast. It's really opened up new formats, new ways of communicating, new ways of storytelling. It's brought American storytelling styles to the UK. It's taken UK story styles to the US. So the whole audio industry is really being fully challenged and fully able to experiment. So I think, especially in terms of improv and the world that you're in, you can not only improvise with lines, jokes, scripts, you can start to improvise with sound effects and soundscapes and different formats. So that's what I think is great about podcasting. And that's what i love the most about podcasting is it's brought new voices into the world and stories into the world in a way that we've never experienced them before
1: next time on the improv chronicle podcast netflix has shone a spotlight on the art of the improvised duo Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz's three-episode special, Middleditch and Schwartz, has brought two-person improv to a wider audience. But what makes a great two-person improv show? The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and presented by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. Please subscribe and rate us on your favourite podcast app by going to ratethispodcast.com slash improvchronicle. It makes a huge difference when you rate and subscribe. And if you have an idea for a possible episode...